On 1st of July 2014, 510,000 marchers flooded the narrow streets of Hong Kong to demand true democracy, untarnished by the political preferences of central government, inspired by past events and renewed with hope for the future. The city of Hong Kong added its peaceful protest to the legends of history. Hong Kong marched in the legacy of so many who had marched years before them. For those, same precious rights, the universal suffrage and autonomy. According to a South China Morning Post poll, 65% of marchers cited a democratic election for chief executive in 2017, with no candidates screened out as one of their top two reasons for marching. The next strongest driving force for the protesters at 60% was the last month's white paper from Beijing's and its connotations of comprehensive jurisdictions over the city. Going by both civil human rights fronts and police estimates, it was the largest 1st of July protest since 2004. Beyond the sheer numbers, it was the endurance of the marches that mattered the most the march spent eight hours. Protesters staged a rally at Victoria Park, tolerated a three-hour wait to leave the stadium, and then endured hours of waiting and walking toward Cheddar Garden in Central. It is this same determination and resolve that will be needed in the upcoming months as the electoral reform process intensifies. Hong Kong sang in 32-degree heat and trenching rain, Songs that reverberated in the city's collective heartbeat and re-energized the marches. Do you hear the people sing? Will you join in our crusade? Will you be strong and stand with me? On many occasions, this is a song used to commemorate historical events. But on that day, it was the rallying cry to unite and to stand together. Even though the number of political colors and causes seems to increase daily. They all marched in the same direction and same purpose. The pan-democratic camp must continue this momentous cooperation and reduce infighting so that the pursuit of people-centered goals of universal suffrage will always be placed before personal-centered goals of political bickering. Chief Executive C. Y. Leung has failed to hear the people sing. He failed to respond to the remaining protesters after 511 were arrested who called for his resignation as he arrived at work after the march. He has failed to represent the interests of the people of Hong Kong over those of Beijing's and the 689 people who voted him. Most importantly, he has failed to understand the distinction between universal suffrage in name only and true universal suffrage, a failure the pan-democrats in the Legislative Council directly posted before an unprecedented Jot wrong out during the chief executive question and answer session in the Legco. As for those who continue to say out of the fight for the future of Hong Kong, whether out of apathy or fear, I ask you, did you hear hundreds of thousands of people singing for your right to participate in true democracy? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Hong Kong voted in the face of cyber attacks and government threats to support civil nominations and reject any electoral reform proposals which does not adhere to international standards of universal suffrage. Nearly 800,000 voters 
in the civil referendum sent a clear signal to the world and Beijing on two fronts. First, they back a free track nomination proposal by the Alliance of True Democracies, which includes a public nomination option. Second, 88% of the voters urged the Legislative Council to veto any reform package not in line with international centres. In addition to the spirit and passion of valleys, marches and songs, we must also be prepared to debate the substantive issues of electoral reform. While it is admittedly difficult to delineate a precise definition of universal suffrage, democracy advocates in Hong Kong need to educate themselves on Article 25 of the International Covenant in Civil and Political Rights and the 15 proposals from the Liberation Day of the Occupy Central Movement, all of which have been proved by experts and academics to meet these international standards. We must formulate specific steps to make the nominating committee more democratic. If Beijing and the Hong Kong government propose an electoral reform package that does not include civic nomination but still meets the international standards, a second civic referendum should be held to follow the view of people of Hong Kong regarding whether the Legislative Council should veto the electoral reform package. On the other hand, if Beijing insists on handpicking the next candidates for chief executive, which forces Hong Kong to choose the best out of the worst options, then the Democratic Party will insist on following through on Occupy Central. While Chinese and Hong Kong government officials maintained their strict tones in response to the post results, crack emerges elsewhere, which revealed the impact of the vote. A statement by the state-run tabloid Global Times saying more than 1.3 billion people have the right to speak on Hong Kong's political reform, provoke widespread outrage and mockery in social media among Chinese and Hong Kong people, like with many commenting on the obvious lack of voting rights for Chinese citizens. Lately, Hong Kong's related search terms have become the most sensitive in China, according to Weibo Scoop, a data collection site for such content. Beijing has noticed the movement that is occurring in Hong Kong. Indeed, the world has noticed the gravity of the current struggle for democracy in our city. With the chief executive and the Chinese government continue to ignore the feet, the voices and the votes of the people of Hong Kong, if they do, the result could be a Hong Kong that becomes ungovernable.